Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 28 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking about Super Mario Brothers. My name is Joe Morata, alongside Player 2, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Yahoo! Mario. There he <laughs> yes. is. That's, that's what they say. We're doing the Mario, We're folks. doing it. Thank you so much for being with us here. If this happens to be your first time, I want to remind everyone that we do have 27 other episodes available. Where, Quinn? Over in the archives. In the archives. You can check out all different topics. Each week is something completely different, and it's a slice of retro pop culture. And this time around, it is Super Mario Brothers. And before we get to that, I just want to remind you guys that if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there at AWM Podcast mm-hmm. and join our Facebook group, Acid Wash Memories on Facebook. It's a fun time. It's a bunch of people talking about old stuff. That's what we do over there. Old crap, I believe just, we call just it. Just like on this show, but we, we do it on the internet. Yeah, the also. text version of the it. The text version, and yeah. You, you we got, type the whole show out. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole Every transcription. Week, yes, yeah. definitely. And you guys can be a part of the discussion there on Facebook if you have one still, and follow us on Twitter. Today we're talking about Super Mario Brothers, uh, one of the best-known, best-selling video games ever. Of yeah, all time. It, it's one of the top. It's like in the top 20 at it's, least. It's there. Super Mario Bros. 1 is pretty tricky. You ever play it? Yeah, yeah I've played it before. <laughs> well, I would say I that... Get, I've given it a try. <laughs> given it a spin once or twice. Yeah. I would say that anyone listening to this, unless you are much older and never played video games, or have a strange aversion to video games your whole life... This one even seems like, even if you're older, I mean, yeah. this thing took the world by storm it back at, even in the 80s in its time. The original Super Mario Brothers for Nintendo Entertainment System. We're going to talk all about it here, because it is an iconic game. It is memorable. It's influential. Its legacy lives on to this day, 38 years and none of that, none of the franchise, none of the sequels, none of that would have been possible if this game, in my opinion, had not been made the way it was. But before we get to that, before we get into the history of how we got there, Quinn, what is a plumber? It's a person who takes care of your toilet and okay. pipes and other water-related situations. If your sink is in trouble, can you call them on the double? Oh, you can. Now, are they faster than the others? That you can be hooked on them. <laughs> okay, just double-checking. Stop. We're sorry, yeah. folks. But all of this, Quinn, all of the legacy of Super Mario Brothers, the sequels, the prequels, the tributes, the imitators. TV shows, movies. Right. The codification of a whole side-scrolling genre, pretty much. Yeah. Pulling an industry out of recession. All of that was uh, but a pipe dream before oh, 1985. I see. Thank you. See what I did there? Yeah. Plumbing. Oh, pipe. Let's get into it, folks. So we're, you, You're familiar with the game. We know that. But we're going to talk about how we got to the game and then the game itself. And this is going to be uh, the first of a series. We do plan yes. on doing more games. We are only going up to Super Mario Brothers. Just the Brothers, for not ju- with any numbers. <laughs> no, no numbers, just the Brothers. But don't worry, there will be future episodes where we continue on in the series. We have to start with Nintendo, and if you want history on Nintendo, 
Asawash memory style. We did talk about this in our 16-bit wars episode. Yes, we had a little bit into the Mario. We did. And 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 his friends and over his friends. at Nintendo Co. Long story short, they were originally a playing card game from the 1800s. Yes. That moved into toys in the 20th century, and by the 70s, they started doing video games. Electronic devices. Yes, electronic devices, things like that, that fist thing. And one of the people... <laughs> Gunpei Yokoi and all that. There you go. One of the people uh, that worked for them was Shigeru Miyamoto. He was born in 1952. He had a degree in industrial design and wanted originally to be a manga artist, believe it or not. I mean, that makes sense. You see the illustrations, right? I have. He also likes exploring the forest as a kid or whatever. He did things. He had stuff. He was like Huck Finn of Japan. And he started working for Nintendo at the age of 25 in 1977, did the artwork for a Nintendo game known as Sheriff. Hmm. I want to set the stage here, though, Quinn, and you know this as well. Prior to the 80s, when Nintendo was breaking into the video game market, they were not the Nintendo that we think of now. Like we said, they made toys, and they got into arcades a little bit. Yeah. But they were not the major player. Atari was the major player. They were the biggest game in town at this time in the late 70s. Nintendo was just another company who made games. Exactly. That's all they were. And not particularly huge hits at the time either. Uh, But in 1980, they released a game known as Radar Scope, which uh, did decent enough in Japan, but did nothing as far as cracking into the USA. What was Radar Scope? And what happened? I don't know! So they had tons of unsold Radar Scope units, and Miyamoto was tasked with converting these units into a new game. Salvage Mm -hmm. the hardware, salvage the monitor, the cabinet, all that stuff. So from this whole thing, Miyamoto comes up with an idea of a love triangle, which would involve a working man, Mm -hmm. a damsel in distress, and a large brute. And of course, his idea was Popeye. <laughs> yes, Popeye. <laughs> the Sailor Man. The Popeye. Not, not the chicken place. Not the chicken place. No, the Sailor Man. Yeah. The spinach man. <laughs> yeah. Not the chicken Popeye man. Popeye the Sailor Man. He lives yes. in a garbage can. Yeah. He's strong with the spinach or something because yeah. he punches you. Yeah. That's the words, right? Mm-hmm. And he, that's it. Yeah. Bluto, all the, all yeah. the rest. Brutus sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal I, I have conflicting information here, so I don't know what's right. One uh, line of thinking is that Nintendo didn't have a license to do the Popeye. Yeah. So that's why that didn't happen. But the other says that they did. However, they couldn't get them into the game due to technical reasons. I don't know what it is. It's possible back then. It is possible. One way or another, rather than being a Popeye game, Miyamoto changed gears and said, you know what? The damsel in distress, uh, who would eventually be named Pauline, originally known as Lady. Yeah, it's just, just Lady. lady. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to know much more. No. <laughs> this is a tale as old as time. Yes. This, you know, and this is also a video game in 1983 or whatever. 80. 80 1980, yeah. when it was developed in early in 81. There, there isn't many details. No, and you don't need them, really. Yeah. The title character, Donkey Kong. Yes, Donkey Kong. A large... Uh, Don, uh, large ape, not a large, a large donkey. donkey. <laughs> no, just a large Kong. Like, yeah. Yes, a large Kong. Like King Kong. Yes, exactly. But, but he's a donkey? I don't know. There is. <laughs> this is very derivative. Just yeah. to be very clear here, this is a derivative plot, a derivative cast of characters, very stock, yeah. very broad. Yeah. Lady is Fei Rei. Yeah, exactly. Donkey Kong is, is King Kong. Yeah. You know. It's very stock. Yeah. And the guy that replaced Popeye here uh, was a carpenter. That was his trade in this game. 
Originally, originally, originally in Japan, he was known as Osan, which means old or middle-aged. <laughs> old. Old. Uh, you know in Japan, that's like 30. It's real. All there are in their media and stuff, it's like, you're an old man once you're 30. Yes, that's true. Uh, and then Miyamoto toyed with calling him Mr. Video or Mr. Video Game because he was supposed to be this generic mm. character that he was going to put into various Nintendo games. Right. Okay. And then he was known as Jumpman. Yes. Jump he man. jumps. <laughs> this is exactly yeah. right, Quinn. Uh, he had red overalls and a blue shirt. This was due to graphical limitations yes. rather than trying to animate arms and all that. But see, I think that actually this is one of those. There's a lot of uh, sprite characters that are like this over the years. Yeah. Because his colors were so bold. The red and the blue contrasting it. Yep. You can make out what he is. Exactly. Right? Yes. Like it, it's actually a really smart whatever they did here right with the with the sprite animation very smart idea and they gave him a mustache because it's much easier than trying to draw a tiny little mouth yeah you don't need to see his mouth he's right. got a mustache <laughs> over it there's nothing to say anyway yeah. Yeah. so he's got a big floppy mustache and by the time this game hit the united states this is not something that's commonly known he actually was identified as mario on the flyer for the arcade machine interesting he was already known as mario and mario was after mario sagali Mm -hmm. who was Nintendo of America's Seattle landlord. Right. It's me, Mario. It's hard to believe nowadays in the era of, like, big business video games. Yeah. These were very small companies. They, yes. they, you know, they had landlords and, like, they, you know... They, they were, were behind on rent. They were, they were behind on rent. They were just a bunch of guys with a cup, maybe a PC, maybe one, and they would have to share it and, like, make a game. <laughs> like, this is real, though. Yeah. This is a small-time operation. Like we said, Nintendo, especially Nintendo of America, was not a big-time player. Literally, like, soldering chips on a board. Yes. Like, trying to get this shit to work. Very small. Small operation. Yeah. The way Apple started. Yeah. The way Microsoft started. There was tons of these in Japan, by the way. I mean, there was a lot yeah. of them all started this way. Yeah. But the deal with this game, and I'm sure many or all of you have played the original Donkey Kong, whether in the arcade or uh, maybe the Nintendo release or via emulation, Donkey Kong for its time was a pretty cool game because it was a vertical scroller. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is you're you're trying to go up these platforms. It's supposed to be like broken construction sites and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like at the beginning, Donkey Kong like he get, he, <laughs> he takes the takes the princess or lady or whoever, lady. and then he's like ha ha ha, and then he just smashes the and the building breaks, causing the platforms that you have to jump on. Yep, it's Donkey Kong, the arcade sensation. So it's not a side scroller; it's right. a vertical platformer, and it's hard. It mm -hmm. really is. It's kind of challenging. It is challenging. It's a challenging the, the, game. So the jumping is kind of the, it's the big thing they introduce in it, right? Because a lot of these games had bad jumping. Yes. And like, this is, it's not as good as Super Mario Brothers later on. Of course. But it's good for its time. It, it, it is. It, it's, you can figure out within a try or two, you know, how to do it. You feel like you're a master at it real quick, yeah, right? absolutely. Would you say you like Donkey Kong? I like Donkey Kong. It's a Kong. great game. Yeah. It's a classic. Uh, it was test released in July of 81, for you date people, in Seattle only, and then September of 81 in the rest of the United States. 132,000 arcade units were sold in Japan and North America. Wow. Extremely successful. Kind of saved Nintendo's ass. Right. Because they had not... Or at least saved this video game venture. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? From a video game standpoint, they had not had a 
game with that level of success mm-hmm. until Donkey Kong. And obviously, you guys know the legacy of Donkey Kong. It went off in its own direction. A documentary, The King of Kong, was yes. made about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's about some other things, too. <laughs> yes, it's about other stuff. But yeah. it's a great, yeah. great movie if you've never seen it. You're competing against everybody in the world. It's not even about Donkey Kong anymore. He's a very devious person. He works things out to his ends. And it was ported to, like, Every home console, we're talking your Ataris, mm-hmm. Coleco, Amstrad CPC always rears its head, Commodore C64. Which was, of the day, I mean, a, an arcade hit, you know, figure out how to cash in, let's Absolutely. dumb it down, get it on the, you know, get it on, on Atari. 26. At least get it on Atari, right? Because that's like the one that yep. everyone has, right? Absolutely. Uh, ZX Spectrum, right. of course it was on that. Soon you can play Donkey Kong on your ColecoVision, Atari VCS, or Intellivision home video system. Won't that be fun? <laughs> Very, very successful game, and it starred Jumpman, now known as Mario. So naturally, Nintendo orders a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. So they're going to capitalize, right. naturally. And we get Donkey Kong Jr. Not two, Not which two. I always thought was funny. I got Donkey Kong, and now I'll get you too, Junior. I'm Donkey Kong Jr., and that's my papa. I'm trying to save him, and boy, do I need your help. Now, Junior, Junior. ain't bad. I don't mind this. Good game. You know, yeah. what's, what's interesting about this game, maybe some of our younger listeners are not even aware of this, in this game, it picks up where the other one left off. So at the end of Donkey Kong, when you beat the game, Mario saves Lady. Pauline or yeah, whoever. Yeah, Pauline. And that's that, right? But we find out in Donkey Kong Jr. that Mario has kidnapped Donkey Kong as revenge. He's captured him, and he's holding right. him in a cage. So now Mario is now the villain. The only time that yeah. Mario is a villain and Donkey Kong Jr., the yeah, his, son. his son, Donkey Kong Jr. Who would eventually allegedly become Donkey Kong, but sometimes no. There's like another one because the original well, Donkey the original Kong is Don- cranky. Yes, the original Donkey Kong is cranky Kong. And Donkey Kong Jr. is the one that ends up in Donkey Kong Country this once is, he's grown up. It's disputed, though. That what do you mean disputed? Like it says second, it in the no, game. No, it's not always true. What? We can't get into it now. It's in the. I remember reading I this know, in I the know. instruction manual. I Donkey understand. <laughs> I know that. And being very flummoxed <laughs> by all of it. No, flummox is a good word. And, and, and that's why it made sense that Donkey Kong Jr. is the one on the cart by Super Nintendo too, with a stupid shirt on. Yeah, he does have a. That's shirt. Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, I know, but he's but grown he up. A shirt he's in he's like a teenager or something. Where the but, shirt go in country? Yeah. Now he's just straight up Donkey. He shirt. took off the Junior in country, and now he's just Donkey Kong. Shirtless Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Google that one, folks. Anyway, in this game, you play as Donkey Kong Jr., and you have to rescue your pappy, your pappy. from Mario. Now, this has a cool rope climbing mechanic that yes, I always thought was neat. So when you're on one rope, you're at like one speed, but when he holds on to two of them or vines or whatever, he goes like yeah, a little. Like, he goes like a little faster. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I like that. I think this game is great as well. Uh, it was released in August of '82 in Japan, so mm-hmm. like a year later, and September of '82, which in the was United the States. arcade way, as we we saw with, with Street Fighter and, and the with like, Punch Out. Yeah, like, Super Punch Out. Yeah. Get it out. You yeah, know? it's like just hey, just get these games <laughs> out there. Like, but to their credit, this is not simply like a reskin. This is a brand new game. Oh, this is like completely different. Yeah, right. So you got to give them credit there. Give you an idea of its success. It was successful. It was successful. It's not as remembered as it's the original. It's not as memorable. It was the eighth highest arcade game in Japan for 1982. And much like its predecessor, it was ported to everything. Of course it The was. same way, yeah. right? And it did well enough that in 1983, there was another sequel, Donkey Kong 3, starring, of course, Stanley the Bugman. Who cares? 
Yeah, so I barely play this, and I always confuse this with Donkey Kong Math for some reason. That's not like, the but they're same. not the, they're not the same. Wait, I, they're not even the same at all. But I I always think Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong Math. Math is the Donkey Kong Three. I don't know. Don't ask Wait, me what. It's just my head cannon. You played Donkey Kong Math? Yeah, because I thought it was because oh. uh, I thought it was the third one. The math part didn't tip you off. Yeah, I was just confused. I was like, "What is this?" It's funny. Donkey Kong does calculus was yeah. the next sequel. No, but anyway, Stanley the Bugman is alleged to be a cousin of Mario. I don't think that's canonical. Garbage. Yeah, Mar- <laughs> I don't like it. Well, I guess what it- I mean by this point, I mean, what do we do? Mario's not even connected anymore. No, so we stop the Donkey Kong in there because, meanwhile, in June of 1983. Another new arcade game from the now very successful Nintendo was released. They got some uh, rep. They got a little bit of rep, a little yeah. bit of cred. This game was known as Mario Brothers. Not Super. This is regular Mario Brothers. Mario, where are you? Mario Brothers. So in this game, first and foremost, Mario gains himself a brother for the first time. Right. Luigi. Luigi. Like our model says, the customer was always wet. There he is. A palette swap with green instead of red. Yes. He's not, like, any different at no. this point. There's no, like, distinguished features of Luigi. He's just he's just player two, basically. He literally looks like Mario with green instead of red. That's right. the only difference. But most importantly here, they have Switch professions. They are no longer construction workers mm-hmm. they're now plumbers this is where we hype up the plumber aspect right because yes. there's pipes spitting out goombas or whatever in this yes so they're working in the sewer system of in new york city it's right. canonical that's where they're from now, they're from brooklyn I, plumbers don't go in the sewer system they, they they're in people's houses well how it's do like you con ed or something goes down there con ed yeah you know the city people yeah the city plumbers quinn Oh, are they that high up the chain? Maybe it's a union job. See, because I always thought with the Mario Maybe Brothers teamsters. that they're like their own private business, so they're just fixing toilets and stuff. They killed Jimmy Hoffa, actually. Hey, don't don't we don't know, we don't no, know who did. We don't know who did. Nobody knows. They just know he's in Giant Stadium somewhere. That's not true. Anyway, the uh, the Mario Brothers, Mario and Luigi, are trying to clean up some mutant creatures that are crawling out of these pipes, such as crabs, uh, known as sidesteppers, mm-hmm. fighter flies, which are flies can we just for one second I, we need to pause yeah we can pause Quinn. i want to just say to, to the, the fans here that joe is an aficionado of enemy names it's like a, a talent that i just don't have someone has to be and of course he knows all the names of these enemies <laughs> well i mean shouldn't someone yeah of somebody's got to have to collect you. this information yeah exactly the bestiary of <laughs> super mario brothers bestiary. yeah and uh some turtle looking things known as shell creepers not koopa troopas no keep that in mind now, this is a single-screen game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't move at all. No, we're, just, we're still not at the scrolling era no, of this no. franchise. This game gets its movement from these various uh, enemies that I just described crawling out of the pipes, and what you need to do is either use that POW block in the middle of the screen mm-hmm. or hit the, get them from underneath the platform, right. and they get faster and faster as the levels There's increase. There's no jumping on them in this, right? You cannot jump yeah. on them. You cannot no. touch them in no. any form or fashion. There must either be something between your head in them yep. or the POW block. The, pl- the POW but block. the POW will take out any guy on the screen. Correct. But you can only use it like three times. Yep, you got it, Quinn. Maybe you never played this. Maybe you have. Uh, however, you might be familiar with this uh, concept as the mini game of Super Mario Brothers Three. Right. This was the first time I played it. Was in Super Mario Me Brothers too. Three, and then I was actually surprised, even as to a youngster. Was a game, I was like, right? "What? There was a separate. This was. You mean only this was yeah. a game? <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing when I uh, I started playing Nintendo in 1990. I uh, played Super Mario Three, obviously, mm-hmm. and two and one. 
And then I was in my local video store, which mm-hmm. we have a video store uh, episode available on the archives, and I saw Mario Brothers in this NES box. Right, which is funny that they put Mario Brothers in another NES game, yeah. like on the same system, yeah. like, just as a mini game. Right. Isn't that weird? It is weird, but the game is fun. I mean, yeah. I've played it on Nintendo, and I've played it in a, in emulation form. It's a good time. For the arcade. It's a good game, and it wasn't a huge hit in Japan. It did okay. But it did very well in the United States. Makes sense. And thus it was ported to everything. Of course. Uh, including the 26 and 5200s, uh, the Amstrad CPC again. Right. It's Atari Mario Brothers with Mario from Donkey Kong, his brother Luigi, and lots of crazy creatures. By this time, when did this come out? 83. 83. So by this time, Nintendo, I believe had released or was close to releasing the NES in Japan. Yes. And this was one of the, like, launch games or something. Like, one of the black box games, as they call them. The other system it was ported to, a home system, was the brand new home console, the Famicom. Right. Which, again, we've talked about, which is the Nintendo. So so the Nintendo comes out, right? And the first thing I remember I've seen, if you look at just, like, the chronological order of releases, it's like all their arcade stuff is, like, a lot of the original stuff. Yes. Like Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers Mm -hmm. and Junior and yada, yada, yada. They're all there. They're all there. Hey, it's a Nintendo system. we got to have all our games on it, right? Exactly right. So Nintendo, seeing the success of Donkey Kong... And Donkey Kong Jr. and Mario Brothers decides to keep going with this Mario character, and thus they develop Wrecking Crew. What? Wrecking Crew. So Wrecking Crew is a lesser well-known Mario game. This is part of the canon. It's one hundred percent part of the canon. So Wrecking <laughs> Crew came out originally as versus Wrecking Crew in nineteen eighty-four yeah. in the arcade. This game always puzzled me. Well, it's because it is a puzzle game, Michael it's Quinn. It's so complicated looking. So let me explain yeah. this game. If you've never heard or played Wrecking Crew, it was released uh, on the Famicom in 1985. This is a game where Mario and Luigi have apparently taken side jobs as construction or demolition workers. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <laughs> why not? We're already with that. Like, nowadays, they have, like, they're tennis players and <laughs> kart racers it's and true. all sorts of wacky. They play soccer. Pro. Pro, like, pro yeah, like soccer, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they do everything, but already, we're already <laughs> starting with the, like, oh, they just have other jobs. This must be another union game, yeah, man, because yeah. how else do you get this, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, this game is canonical. It is Mario and Luigi in the game. The arcade version versus Wrecking Crew is uh, more competitive, and the home version is more puzzle-based. And basically, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get rid of certain elements within the screen. It's a single-screen game, but it does scroll up ladders, and there's temporary ladders that you can start. There's enemies there. So we there's have bombs. scrolling now. We're getting some scrolling. Because this vertical. I, this was designed when the NES existed, and one of the features the NES had was it could do scrolling, it which was like scrolling. a thing back then, right? It was like hard to do on Atari, but Nintendo could do it. Yep, exactly. Right. So if you can picture this, folks, we're getting all these different elements together, right? We have a blue-collar everyman hero in Mario mm-hmm. who, I guess, switches jobs a lot, but was a plumber, construction worker, and a demolition guy. He's an everyman. He's an everyman. Obviously has empathy and compassion. He saved a lady. Right. Lives in New York City. He's got a brother. There's weird enemies that he encounters. We know things about this guy. We're starting to, yeah, we're starting to get into who this guy is. The problem is, during all of this that we're talking about, you might have heard of the uh, video game crash. Whoops. We've talked about this, of course, before, yes. of 1983. This was What a great time to launch a console, <laughs> right? 1983. 83, great year for video games. If you're not familiar, the very, very brief version is that Atari... 
didn't control the quality of their of, content. Of E.T. particularly. Yeah, yeah. And that game came out and it was horrible. And everyone returned it and they put it in the landfill. Right. Everyone's like, F Atari, this right. is over, right? But more than that, as we have talked about in the past, again, available in the archives, there, it was an oversaturated market. Right. There was no quality control across the board. Yeah. Lots of games are coming out that were shit. They yes. just complete shit. The kids just started moving on. They wanted Cabbage Patch kids and stuff. Right, instead. or G.I. Joe figures right, and all yeah, that like, stuff. Just enough with this crap. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. And this is the United States, obviously. So Famicom's out in Japan in 1983. Nintendo's like, okay, we're not fucking releasing that in the U.S. yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we're, we're, we're not, hey. Let's hold on here. It's a little rough over there. <laughs> let's little... let's take care of our own territory. Right. See if this, see if this venture, see if we go out of business first. Right. Like, it's yeah. true. So what they did during the meanwhile here is they wanted to figure out how do we differentiate this eventual United States release of the Famicom from video games? Because right. that's a negative connotation during this time, 83, 84. It's so weird to think that there was even a time where, like, video games, that's bad. But, well, because of the, but, the recession. Right. But they made it like a family entertainment system or yeah. something. Instead, it just, it's, just, it's still a video game, but... It is, hey. but they marketed it as the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, and it was fun for the whole family. The dad can shoot the gun. Right. You know, in Hogan's Alley or Duck Hunt. And the kid can control that little toy robot. Rob. Rob that right. comes with it, right? And, and move around plastic cups or whatever. <laughs> what it is. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate zapper and play games like Duck Hunt and Hogan's Alley? It's fun for the whole family. Even the dog will have fun. Right, yeah. Know? And that's how they kind of went with this. And they made it much different in, in physical appearance than Does the Famicom. It, you know what's funny? I don't even know. On the original console box, it just shows a bunch of crap. Like, it doesn't even, it does. like, show a video game. Good. Yeah. This is an entertainment system. Right. This is not like your ColecoVision or your Intellivision yeah. or yeah. your Atari, God forbid. It's got this control center, like, or whatever right. they control call deck. it. Control deck. Control deck. It's not a system or a console or any of that. Control like, deck. I just love the fucking marketing people. It's so, it's so, like... How do we just like it's not a video game, right? right? It's like this is not what this is. Let's make it gray and black, like because yeah. the Famicom is bright white and red. It looks, looks awesome. Like, yeah, no, and it has those little holders for the controllers that I always like. The Famicom looks great, but it looks more like a toy, right? right? This looks like it'll blend into your entertainment. Center. Right, you can put it right next to your stereo or, or something. your your reel to reel if you're in Connecticut, John Facento, yeah. or your VCR because you have maybe, money, or maybe your illegal cable box. <laughs> That new thing cable you have. Yeah, that's true. You, the one that you tinkered with. You yeah. Know? Anyway, the Nintendo Entertainment System was unveiled at CES. Yes, that was already a thing. Consumer Electronics Show. In June of 1985. Some people don't know this. The, the widespread release of the NES was not until early 86. Right. There was only like a limited release in New York. Yes. The New York market, which includes our home state of New Jersey, that release was October 18th. 1985. I want you to mark that date, okay? Yeah. October 18th, 1985. I guess they were going for like a cross section because that mm -hmm. area has, you know, all sorts of um, income levels and mm -hmm. in one hodgepodge and they could just see, okay, what the hell, like what is even going to happen here? And it's a highly populated market. Right. New yeah. York, you know. Easier sale. Easier sale. And then the next one they did was LA. That was their next mm -hmm. test market. And then it was worldwide. It's no competition. Nintendo home entertainment games are blowing other items out of the water. But let's think about this here. We got to rob the robot toy. We got a gun. But what this system really needed for launch was a killer app. A game, maybe? A game. An yeah. adventure. 
And who better to star in it, of course, than Mario? A well-known commodity here in the United well-known States. Well-known commodity. Big fans of Mario Brothers over here, apparently. Yep. Mario Brothers did well. So Miyamoto and uh, Takashi Tezuka, they had finished up developing some other Nintendo games. Excite Bike, which is a great game. Fantastic. I love it. It's got, a, it's got a level editor in it, which is just bizarre it's huge for Nintendo. For 85, right? <laughs> yeah. So they went to work on their next projects, uh, one of which was The Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. developed at the same time as Mario. Oh, like the big three were around Metro all was right after, yeah, yeah, they were all around the same time. So this new game, Miyamoto envisioned uh, that Mario mm-hmm. would travel through all different worlds. Ah. Various obstacles, enemies, hazards along the way. So not just in the sewers anymore. Not just in the, He's getting out of the sewers. Yeah. And this world was named the Mushroom Kingdom, and he was transported here. Now, I gotta say something. Canonically, according to Miyamoto, like in the 90s, <laughs> all those weird interviews where he like, yep. this is the Order of Zelda, and yes. it's not. <laughs> One of the pipes in the Mario Brothers game, what? he went into it, and Come that's on. how he wound up in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. Now, I've always felt, okay, I, I don't know if this was ever said. This is just my head. Can This is kind of like a plan like Alice in Wonderland or something, right? It has to be. I like a, a fish out of water. It's in this land where, you know, you get big with mushrooms. There it, are mushrooms. It just it just screams like, you know, that kind of tale. I've never thought of that, and I don't know, would he have been intimately familiar with Alice in Wonderland? I'm it's not an international funny. book. I mean, Lewis Carroll, is it? Is it really? It's a children's tale. It's like, it's just, there's all sorts of these sort of fish out of water things. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. Like, An adventure is, yeah. is common everywhere. But you're never going to believe this. The goal is to save a lady from an evil guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another uh, trope, obviously. This time he's a lizard man. Turtle, whatever it Different is. Different animal. A Koopa, actually, yeah. is the species. and uh, King his, Koopa. Yeah, you know, well, Bowser, the king of the Koopas, yes. Now, I've always contended. Here we go. Quinn's going to just deviate here. Go. I, uh, well, I, I, we've I'll, always had this longstanding discussion go about ahead. this. That, Do um, it now. He's King Koopa in the first one, no, right? No, it's only King Koopa but in the cartoon. Why did, why did they call him King Koopa in the cartoon? Because they're not, they're not but Nintendo. I thought, I thought Bowser, we didn't know that until the See, Super Mario World in America. He's known as Bowser, King of the Koopas in Super Mario 1. I just remember calling him King Koopa until well, that one. You would. Yeah. It's okay. It's just King Koopa. It's all <laughs> King what? King Koopa. <laughs> That's his name. So you have to save uh, the princess, known at the time as Princess Toadstool. Okay, yeah. They changed that to Peach, you guys know. Right. You have to save her from the evil Bowser. Now, what he's done, so this guy's an asshole. Right. What this King Koopa has done is he has captured the Mushroom Kingdom. He has turned its inhabitants into various objects and stones and enemies and what things. A mean, what a mean old lizard He's guy. He's a mean old lizard turtle Koopa thing. Yeah. And we're going to get into those enemies and all those things, but... That is the the plot here. Mario is now going to be on an adventure. Mm-hmm. He's got to navigate through the sun. He knows New York. Right. Listen, he's done demo there. But he's a fish out of water, Joe. He's, he's Alice. He's, <laughs> he's Alice. He's got to eat the mushroom. He hey. went down the wrong pipe, let yeah. me tell you that much. Stop it. And for Nintendo, they were hoping that they wouldn't go down the drain with this game. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, sorry about that. But, hey, Super Mario Brothers obviously did well, but we got to talk more about this. We got to talk about the levels. We got to talk about the enemies, the gameplay, all lot, those things, the music. We have here. a lot to talk about about but you guys obviously need a bathroom break uh, so make sure it's working <laughs> yeah, if it's we, not call the mario brothers you know who to call we will be back for the second half of super mario brothers here on asawash memories right after this
Nintendo. It's for breakfast now. Nintendo. It's a cereal. Wow. Nintendo. Super Mario Jumps. Nintendo. In a fruit flavor crunch. Nintendo. It's very good news. Nintendo. Mm, you just can't move. Nintendo cereal is a super part of this nutritious breakfast. Nintendo. It's for breakfast. Yes, I'd like a hamburger with extra tomatoes, no pickle, no onion, and... Step aside. Uh, uh, step aside. Step aside. Please, step aside. Step aside. Kindly step aside. Sir, a step aside. At some hamburger places, when you order special toppings, they say you'll have to wait. Sir. And could you... Step aside. At Wendy's, you get a choice of fresh toppings without ever having to... Step aside. Wendy's, our hamburgers are made fresh with your choice of toppings. Holy cannoli, kids, I'm Mario, and I'm telling you, if you're not watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, you're gonna turn into a Goomba. Don't be the last on your block to be playing with pasta power. Tune in for the wildest weekday fun in the universe. Join me, Luigi, Princess Toadstool, and Toad. We're gonna kick some Koopa. Woo! The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Afternoons at 4 in Channel 43's Kids Land. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, Paisanos. Hey. Welcome back to Acid Wash Memories, episode 28, here talking about Super Mario Brothers. Hey, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our Facebook group. Alert, alert. What? Joe, yes, alert. yes, Michael. I found some new information what? that might possibly shed some light on this Koopa situation. On the what? Koopa. <laughs> On the wikipedia.net oh or whatever their website. Yeah, Here, .net. This is the sentence, okay? Yes. Players control Mario and his brother Luigi in multiplayer mode as they traverse the Mushroom Kingdom traverse. to rescue Princess Toadstool, which you were right on, right? Yes, I know. From King Koopa. And then it says, in parentheses, Later named Bowser Joe. Did you just edit this? No, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. I'm reading it live here on the air. Do you have a Wikipedia account? No. <laughs> Maybe. I, I... Well, Quinn, let me just pull up the old uh, Super Mario 1 instruction manual here. Okay. I'm sure I can find that on the internet. We'll edit it out if it takes too long. Okay. Here. Here. Okay. Bowser. Now I see Japanese. K what is That's it? just the comparison. It's a comparison of both. Okay. But on the right here, Quinn, Bowser, King of the Koopa. King the, of the Koopa. The Sorcerer King holding Princess Toadstool captive. Sorcerer? I don't know if that's true. He comes at you spitting fire. There are several ways to kill him, but you only get points if you use fireballs. Who cares about points? Anyway, folks, we want to <laughs> know... Points. points. Uh, we want to know your thoughts. I have thoughts on that. <laughs> we want to know your thoughts on Koopa versus Bowser. And okay? points, too. And points. I, th I feel like, though, Quinn, a couple of weeks ago, someone already posed this question, yeah. and it was expertly answered by many people that he really was always known as Bowser, but it wasn't commonly known because it's not said in the Miyamoto game. on the show sometime. Yeah, I'll just have, make a few phone calls, Quinn. <laughs> have him answer the question. Just brush up on my Japanese. Yeah. Anyway, back to the history here. So we, uh, we were talking about the plot. What you guys all know, I mean, this plot, not only is it an old trope or trope, yeah. it would be recycled for almost every future side-scrolling Mario game anyway. Right. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, it's the same thing. Koopa did something. You gotta yeah, go. Bowser did something, yeah, right. Later, bow only Bowser. They just, they just got rid of this Koopa part just completely. He's the king of the Koopas. He's not even a king. He's not even a Koopa. He's just Bowser later on. Oh, that's, are you okay with it? I never 
felt comfortable with the with the just deleting the rest of his name. I'm sorry, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, well, he never had it to begin with, right. so I guess it's okay then. But listen, even though it sounds like old hat hat now, especially if you're younger, this was the first side-scrolling Mario game that had this. Yes. So this was not any kind of hat at the time. It was new hat. There was only anything. one hat, and Mario <laughs> had it. It would change color sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things that we need to mention about this game is contrary to the Atari era. Now, I, I, graphically, it's different because NES is a better, you know, higher quality console or higher capable console. Yeah. But just the era where games were just being crapped out, you know, yeah. on a constant basis. Miyamoto and Nintendo here, they put so much thought, detail into every aspect of this game every aspect of it yeah and i mean world one one is always like the example so many video game historians point out it like shows you how to play the game yes world one one has its own wikipedia page yeah that's uh, how classic it is i've heard like professional game designers you're supposed to like learn the ins and outs of world one and like one one and why it's so like important correct like there's there's parts where you need to like run to jump over something yes like that's just in there on purpose because you wouldn't know to run when you first exactly game up you wouldn't know yeah and that's one of the things about this game is the level design again we probably all take it for granted now but the level design in this game is so good because it starts you anyone can start playing it and learn it and as you go on, it does get harder and harder. It gets really hard as you get into yeah. like World 6, World 7, and 8. Sometimes even frustratingly so, but never enough that it doesn't feel like you can conquer This game it. is just the right amount of challenge. Yeah. Like, it does get challenging later. It does. But they are pretty gracious with the life's, you know, whatever, extra yeah, lives. Extra what do, lives. Some people call it men, extra men. Extra men. I heard yeah, that one. Yeah. They call but the levels what, boards. What, yeah, what, yeah, whatever you want to call it, they, they, they're very gracious with that. And they there's, are. there's little tricks with getting, but I mean, what what is this game, Joe? Yeah, we're like, going to talk about yeah. it. So the level design is one thing they put a lot of thought into, but the side-scrolling aspect, Nintendo hadn't released a game like this before. I mean, I guess Excite Bike in its own way. Kind of. There is a precision and a fluidity on the controls here. Yes. That had not been seen really to this degree before. I think the controls from a at the time kind of situation were exceptional. Yep. Considering like, you know, in Donkey Kong how Mario jumps, it's like it's like night and day. It's floppy. And yeah. even con- even compared to Mario Brothers, like yes. it's, it's even better. There, there is so much precision and control here you really do feel like you're in control i've always liked how one thing that i like a lot about mario is he can turn on a dime but he kind of like roll turns like Mm -hmm. in meaning like he'll like slow down slightly and turn they even have like a turnaround animation they do it's that kind of finer detail that was like missing like a lot of these were like very rigid yes like in all these other games like pitfall or whatever you just come to like a stop like when he would let go yeah right right? i was like no mario's got like momentum and stuff that's one thing Miyamoto was huge on was the yep. controls, right? Because you could design a great game around it, but if it sucks to play, yeah. people aren't going to want to play it. But it feels natural, too. I think just that momentum and your jump trajectory and like it just it, none of it feels like, oh, that's weird. Like, no, it just feels like natural how natural. he how he jumps and like you can read how far he should jump. Yes. And it's right? pressure sensitive. Right. Exactly. Now, obviously, the Nintendo was a two button controller. Right. 
and all you have to do is jump with A and do other stuff with B, like run, and we'll talk about what That's else. That's more than Atari was a one-button controller. So. Point, yeah. <laughs> now, did you know also the levels, they didn't have like a computer level designer. They actually drew the levels on graph paper still yes. in 85. And Crazy. then somebody would put them in. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't have like a designer that they could work with on right. a computer. They had drew them. Really cool. The graphics, too. Again, now... With the wrong mind frame, they look horrible, right? right. Everyone can scoff at 1985 graphics. I don't know. I think they're pretty timeless to me. I think they me. are, too. Yeah. I do, because they were very resourceful due to the limited capacity of the Nintendo Entertainment System and the cartridges of mm-hmm. the control deck, of course. Yes. The control deck. <laughs> yes. What's Bowser's name? King Koopa. I'm just checking. What they did is they would reuse sprites, like the cloud and the bushes were reused. Right. Just different color. They would just change the color and hide hide them slightly so they look different, right? They found ways to be very resourceful. So the game really popped. You know, that blue sky with the green bushes and the brown ground. If I recall, and maybe I could be mistaken on this, but I know that it's Super Mario Brothers is one of the last Nintendo games to not have any, like, additional chips. It's like using... The control deck. I think you're right. I think yeah, it's a, like, what is it, 256 kilobytes or something. It's, like, it's the best you could do with the onboard hardware. Yeah. Right? It doesn't like, have any additional chips. I don't know right. if it's the last game ever, but From it doesn't. Nintendo, I yeah. mean. Like, well, after that, like, because Zelda had, like, a save thing and, like, you battery, know, like, yep. yeah. It's one of the last... Just of going the, of native. The first party. Hey, we're just using just the deck. Yeah, just the, I, the regular kind. Yeah. The control deck. Yes. <laughs> Nintendo action set, including the control deck with double game pack. But really, I mean, that was a, a big deal, these graphics. They popped. They, they're not amazing, but Mario looks better than he ever did. The only difference, and this is due to the, the colors, and obviously fans know this, Mario's not wearing what had been his signature red and blue in this game. He's wearing brown and red. Yeah, it was always weird. It's just due to the uh, limitations, I think, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they were fitting a lot in here. They were. That's yeah. the thing. We got eight worlds. Each one has four stages, four levels, or whatever yeah. you want to call it, of the world. That's a lot of game. Mm-hmm. It, and Not to mention the minus world. Well, there is the minus world. a great yeah. trick. When you navigate through this, right, you're hearing some of the most classic video game music of all time. Can we just remark on, hey, there's more than one song? That's a great like, point, hey, It's like, what? Great <laughs> point, Quinn. It has a soundtrack? It has like, a soundtrack. It yeah. has a couple of songs, and all of them, I think, are memorable. I mean, the, the overworld theme that everybody knows, yep. I'll just dump in the first few notes here, and you guys know this. Mm-hmm. The underground theme is pretty, I kind of... Do-ny, do-ny, do-ny. <laughs> This swimming theme is a beautiful piece of music. Mm-hmm. If you ever like, if you ever heard someone play it on a piano, I even can play it on mm-hmm. piano. It's it's really beautiful. And this is all, of course, the work of Koji Kondo, yes. who was a composer for Nintendo and did a lot of other music as well. Yep. God, even that holds up to this day. As yeah, just- I mean, everything has a theme to it, and I mean, there's even the end theme. Like I said in the beginning, every aspect they put all this thought and detail into... And this is one hell of a um, launch game for the U.S. audience, right? It really is. And this uh, 
this game, again, it's become so ubiquitous uh, and all of its influence and all the derivatives and all the ROM hacks and all of Nintendo's officially released variations of it over the years, even to this day. You know, know, when I I was a kid and I didn't know much about video games when I was just starting to play them. You know, I thought that Super Mario Brothers was the first video game just be- just because it just, like, everything felt like it was based off of it. I could see that, Quinn, right? honestly, like, because a lot of things were based off of it, you yeah. know? And there's a lot more that we need to cover here in terms of the gameplay and stuff, so we're trying not to be too dumbed down because I know you guys know the game. Right. But at the same time, I do want to- appreciate it, right? I want to appreciate it, exactly. So you start off as small Mario. Some people call him regular, regular Mario. He's super when he's yes. big. Like the, the regular kind, that's like what he his real size. That's is. regular Mario. Right. Right. So his standard Mario, yeah. standard edition. And then one of the first things you do in World One One is you hit the the coin blocks with your head. It's really his fist. People don't know it's yeah. not his head. He punches yeah, it with his it. fist. Yeah, that makes sense. Just need to clarify that. Cool. Anyway, one of the things you'll find is a mushroom. Right, and you're like, what's that? And it makes you Super Mario. You double in size. Your sprite and gets the bigger. name of the game. Super Mario. It's 100% why, yes. Fire Mario makes its first appearance here. It is the only other true power-up. There's a little bonus one we'll talk about in a second. Fire Mario became a thing in itself. It appeared in many, many other games. Throwing fireballs, not spitting. I don't want to, mm-hmm. no misconception here. He's throwing them. Cool. So does he get, like, does they come out of his hands? Yes. Like, what? like, that's so weird. He throws them. Yeah, I mean, it is the Mushroom Kingdom. Everything's freaking weird yeah, down there. I mean, we're eating mushrooms here. It's just straight here. up magic. Yeah, like, it is. Or, like, is it the flower? Is he supposed to be holding the flower and the flower spitting it out? You know what I'm saying? No, like, I don't is he think so. Pay, is he picking up the flower when he gets hit? He he drops it or something? Maybe because he doesn't eat the flower. That's what people think. He touches no. it. You have to touch it. Right. But oh, and car- it makes your hand fiery. Yeah, well, there's that. They they do that in the cartoon, but I've always that's wa- not canon. I've always wondered if maybe he, he crunches up the flower in his hand and then it, it comes out of the flower. It's not like him. It's just weird that his whole uniform changes too. Yeah, what is that all about? I don't know. In the first game, he, he gets white overalls and has a yeah. red shirt. That's Fire Mario. It's originally known as Fiery Mario. They, it's really suggestive because they put it on the box. Like they don't even put that's his a good regular point. outfit. Yeah, I didn't even think of that on the artwork. There, yeah. he's he's Fire Mario, yeah. isn't he? It's funny. Uh, the any- most powerful form. <laughs> yeah, the most powerful Mario. Fiery. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's also a Starman, and the Starman grants you temporary invincibility, as we right. all know, with its own iconic little theme. <laughs> Jingle. Right. It's pretty good, don't you yep. think? Yep. So, those are the power-ups. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all he has. And the only other thing is sometimes you'll get an alternate mushroom, and it's green instead of, like, red and orange, and that mushroom gives you an extra man. Yeah, an extra Mario. Extra Mario. Yeah. So you get four lives to start, it's a, or three, I can't remember, actually, off the top of my head. So you lose one, you still get to play mm-hmm. again, and then you can get the one-ups and collect coins along the way. Yes. Now, the coins are interesting, because, first of all, they're littered everywhere, right? They're littered. It's a very dirty kingdom. Now, I, I shouldn't say interesting as much as they're basic, but the thing is, is you collect them and they, they retain your coin count throughout, like, even after you finish a level yes. or whatever. And so the idea is every time you get 100 coins, you get an extra life. So yes. you kind of have this factor of, you can kind of play it strategically. Like, sometimes you might want to go for every coin if you're low on your coin count. Yeah, or but low some, on your life. But sometimes you're in a predicament and you kind of have, you, you, you know, time the, to fuck there's around. people shooting at you right. and, and Goombas coming at you and all this stuff. And you're like, okay, I'll just skip past the coins, right? But it makes exactly. you think, right? You, you're like... Should I, you know, get my coin count up? Yeah, it's another layer. It's another yeah. element to the game. Right. Now, there also are points 
Yeah, does, points. Does anyone care about the Nobody points cares in about Mario points. for home console? Yeah. <laughs> the coins are the points because they're the only yeah. meaningful thing. Right, they actually matter. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I believe that when you finish and you get to points, there is some kind of like extra lives, right, based on how many points you get. Doesn't that build... You're right. When yeah. you go over the flagpole, yeah, because okay. it, it accrues your points, and then it will give you extra lives based on how many, probably some amount that I'm not aware of. Yeah, I uh, forget. Good point, Squid. Yeah. Aha. Aha. Talk about the enemies here because they are uh, they're pretty famous. A lot of them will become recurring. Uh, we'll just go in alphabetical order. We're gonna start with Bloober. Yeah, uh, Bloober. Bloober is the squid-looking thing. It's a weird one to start on, but he's alphabetically We're correct. We're doing it alphabetically. But he's in the, in the water stages. Yeah. Bloober is in the water stages. So that's another aspect is the swimming part. Really mm-hmm. cool. So not only are you running and jumping around, but there's some levels where you're swimming. Swimming's really weird in this game because sometimes I feel like I'm getting caught up in a vortex weirdly and yeah. I, don't, I can't explain. You have to tap the run button It's like a phantom swimming. vortex. But it's a great... The controls on this... I just got to say, the, the le- this is good. This game well, is good. Especially for 1985. That's what I'm saying, man. That's really the the standout, right? Is that like, this is like pre-Mega Man. Right. Like Mega Man's another one that had really good controls, yes, right? Yes, it did. It's, it's pre... I mean, Contra. Ca- yeah, Contra or Castlevania or yeah. any of that. This is the first where it's like... I almost want to call it that like NES feel, how the character should control, yes. right? And it's the basic stuff, right? It's almost like a demo in a way, right? Because it's, it's just a character that's, that runs through a scrolling stage, right? Yes, right, right. That can jump, run, and he can shoot things. Mm-hmm. Right, and, yep. and and he's got momentum, and it, it kind of just shows everything that the Nintendo can do. Right, absolutely true, Quinn. Yeah, great point. Uh, so there's also Bullet Bill. Bullet Bill. The, so this is he comes out of the cannons. These come out of cannons. He's got little arms on him. Yeah, and he's a uh, it's an asshole. Yeah, they, they're shot. They later of, get really big in later ones. He, there would be yeah, Bonsai Bill. Yeah, in Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Buzzy Beetle. These are a pain in the butt because you can't stomp on them to kill them. You have to just knock them away. Right. They don't. They don't. Die but they usually set up Buzzy Beetle in a situation where you can like knock the crap out of a ton of people. <laughs> That's like, true. He, he's always he's always in that situation. You ever notice that? You could use one beetle to knock into a bunch of beetles or a or, bunch yeah, of or Koopa Troopas or something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the water, we've got the fish, uh, the cheap cheeps. Annoying. Yeah, they're very cheap. They're more annoying in this stage with those stages that have the platforms or whatever, and they're jumping oh, all over the hop. place and the bridges and stuff. Pain in the balls. Yeah. And the lava stages and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Firebar is an enemy. Yeah. So this isn't a person. It's just that thing <laughs> that spins around. That's fi- that. Basically, they're reusing the fireballs and putting like five of them or six of them together. Yes. And sometimes they get like really there's long. Like Twelve. Yeah, and, and it like takes up the entire board. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, there's like ones that are like literally the size of the entire stage, and you're like, how? What am I? Oh, how do I get out of? How this? do I get around this? Yeah, pain in the fucking ass. Uh, there's the Hammer Brothers, which are yeah, awesome, awesome classic enemy. Right. So they're kind of helmeted Koopa Troopers, uh, but that- they can throw things right yes they throw hammers at you mm-hmm. they are annoying because in the first game in Mario 1 they can just keep throwing hammers and sometimes like in the later levels it's like a flood of hammers the thing that gives me anxiety with them <laughs> I'm always afraid to jump on them because you're not, you have to get them like in between the, when they're about to throw the hammer. Cause if you jump on them when they're about to throw the hammer, you hit the hammer. Yeah. The hammer gets, gets Which I, you freaking bullshit. It's I hard. Was, even, even in the later ones they are like one of the most annoying yep. enemies, like, but classic, right? A lot of times I won't kill them. I'll like run past them. I'll see like, cause it's not worth risking jumping on them. It's sometimes it's not. I try to yeah. get away from them. Yeah. I try to jump over them. them or under them. Yep. Yeah. 
They get hard. The Koopa Troopas and the uh, flying variety, the, the Koopa, Paratroopas. Koopa Paratroopas. So the Koopa Troopas, this is the most basic. Well, not I wouldn't no, say the most basic. There's another but, basic, but yeah, these are classic, too. This is like the secondary enemy. Corporals? Yeah, they're like corporals or something. The paratroopers are like extra special. Well, they're power. power yeah, power yeah, one. yeah, exactly. They, they can fly, though. Paratroopers. Yeah. Anyway, the Koopas are uh, obviously the Turtle Empire. They're and, uh, soldiers of the Turtle Empire, yes, Joe. That, everyone knows about the Turtle Empire. Everyone does. Yeah. Now, there's two... never mentioned ever in the series. <laughs> Why'd they make a side one about the Turtle Empire, right? <laughs> because doesn't the... Remember the, the little guy that's in the Turtle that, that you later control? Koopa, just Koopa Troopa? Like, uh, the cart racer guy? Yeah, he's very small. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for him. Yeah. He doesn't mean to be he's a like bad a, guy. He's like a kid version of the... born into it or something. Born into the Turtle Empire Sucks, un- under their it? yoke yeah, under their bondage. <laughs> <laughs> so the Koopa Troopas, there's two varieties. There's the green shelled and the red shelled. The difference is the green ones always go forward so you can actually trip them, trick them into walking into a pit. Right. The red ones are a little tiny bit smarter. They won't go off the cliffs. They they'll, won't. If they reach it, they turn around. Yeah, they'll turn around. Yeah, they'll turn. go back and forth. I like that there's even subdivisions of the Koopas themselves. I was thinking the red ones were just smarter or They're something. They're smarter. Yeah. And that's why they have a red shell. There's Lakitu, who is a Koopa Total with- Total pain <laughs> in the ass. He's just- To me, he's equally pain in the ass as Hammer Brothers. You think so? He's like the same thing, but now he's in the air. Yeah, like, it's kind of bullcrap. Lakitu is the guy in the cloud. He's not the cloud. Right, just but so he's you guys chucking know. spikes at you. <laughs> he uh, is. He's, he's an the, asshole. He's the... <laughs> Wait, Lakitu's an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> he's even a butthole in the car racer one. He's Mario nice co- there. He's just helping. Yeah, but he's always like, also, if you go the wrong way, he's being like, ah, trying to help you get back on track. He's obnoxious about it. I never liked him. You got a serious problem here with Lakitu. Uh, I just never liked the guy. I never knew. You yeah. know what his name in Japan is? Jugum. No, it's not Lakitu. Lakitu, I always thought was a Japanese name. Sorry. Later in the later ones when he steals Cloud, that's when I feel good. Because <laughs> screw Lakitu. <laughs> you just hate the guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how much hatred Quinn I just had never for liked the guy, ever. Never was a fan of Lakitu. Very sorry, folks. He's Let us- cute and all, but... He's just kind of a pain in the butt. Let us know your Lakitu thoughts at, on Twitter yeah. at AWM Podcast. Mm-hmm. And is it Koopa or is it Bowser? Anyway, the most famous, I'd say, of all the Mario enemies, Michael Quinn, would be the Goombas, which is, uh, I mean, th- what they are, they're a, <laughs> this is so dumb, but I we have know, to like, say it. I don't know, what are they supposed okay. to be? They're mushroomed, but they're like, they, they're traitors. Oh, they're like sympathizers with the, with with, the invading King Koopa? With the invading King Bowser. Yes, yeah. that's correct. So What? That's why they're mushroom <laughs> I never knew that. That's game. like yes. dark. Like, I know. No, they're traitors. Wow. They're treacherous. Or they're loyalists. To, that, to Koopa. Yeah. Bowser. Now you got he, me doing it. He's the new. he's the new king in town. Yeah, so he, that's the, not... It's sanctioned. What do you mean it's this not is sanctioned? This the old west. He's the new alcalde over here. He's the new king in town, Joe. Yeah. Koo? Yeah. Koo- oh, Koo. King Koopa. Yeah. Oh, look at that one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We figured it out. Thank you guys for still listening. So anyway, these are the easiest enemies in the game, and mm-hmm. you guys know that. You just stomp on them, and that's it. You can still get hit by them, though. No, you can, but it's yeah. usually incidental. Well, the, they don't the, actively attack. The times that are there, they can be annoying, and I don't know if it's in the first one or later ones, but sometimes they they come in like rows and they jump off cliffs, and you're like, ah, yeah, they, no. they might nick you, and you go, you, you know, you die, or you get, or you go into lower mode. They nick you. Yeah, you know, like they get the edge of you, like one of their feet touches yeah, you or something. Yeah, it's Mario like gets, Mario gets all upset. Yeah, it's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> A Goomba, really? Like, really, Goombas? Yeah. But they lived on, obviously, yeah. in many other games. 
and the piranha plant, which comes out of the tube. Well, that's the other thing. There's a because it's a they're plumbers. We had to get a plumbing motif in this game. So mm-hmm. there's a bunch of green tubes or pipes is really what they are. Now some of them you can go in, but some, some you can't. Can. Yep. And be, that becomes I always always love that aspect yes. of the game because that's another thing is like, hey, there's secrets. Every pipe, if you've never played the game before, you're kind of like. Oh, what's the, and you always want to hit down. Try to go go, down, yeah. Yeah, you want to try it just in case. And and most of the time when you do get to go down, it's a place to just collect more coins. Right. That's all, and get a little reprieve, and then you come back up. Sometimes there's even extra lives under there. Sometimes there is, and then when you come back up, you're further along in the level. You come out in a different pipe. Which, it's a shortcut, too. It's a shortcut, so it's very, this is what I mean about the level design. It's just smart. And it keeps, there's always a variation, there's always something else to do. The fact that they're hidden is what makes it interesting. Yeah. Because it's like, there's so many that are just nothing. And a lot of these pipes have these fucking piranhas coming out. Right. Such a... Mm. Another pain in the ass. Another huh? another one, especially, I like to go really fast in Mario Brothers. Well, like, yeah. I like to just keep running, going through and jumping over everything. No time to waste. Sometimes I jump over one and, and a piranha plant comes right at the wrong time if you're not paying attention. And it nicks you. Yeah. Or you just dead... Right like, into just it. right into, into it. it like a jaws. Big, yeah, because you, you didn't expect it to be there. It's like, bullshit. Just comes right at the right time. <laughs> hey, when you're in the fortresses, which we need to talk about the fortresses real quick. Mm-hmm. So not only do we have regular overworld in the daytime, right, Quinn? Mm-hmm. We have water levels where you swim. We also have the bridges and, and yeah, platform levels. And we have nighttime versions of those as well yeah. where the sky is black. We also have in the fourth level of every world, you go into a fortress, which is like whitish gray. Or castle. Yeah. As it's called. I think it's called in the game. I don't know. I think well, it's I'm, I'm going by what 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 the toad says I, at, I, at the I, end. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I'll give you that. A castle. Yeah. Koopa's castle. And anyway, there's eight of these castles because there's eight of these worlds. And they have lava. Yes. Now we have lava. We have, now we have lava. It's, what, who built these places? Because if this was part of the Mushroom Kingdom, they have lava in all their, <laughs> I mean, well, in all their Bow- castles. Did Bowser get a crew in there once he took over? It's to- like, this ain't, it, it's too cold in here. <laughs> I need to warm it up. Oh, right. it's a heat source. The lava yeah. is actually a heat yeah. source. Okay, I got you. Anyway, they, of course, get progressively harder. And when you clear one of these castles, you wander over to a, a mushroom retainer, they were originally called. Retainer. <laughs> uh, it's just like a, a minstrel to the princess, a minister, I guess. A servant, yeah. if you will. Yeah, like a, uh, a, a toad hat. Is that their hat or their head? No, it's their hat. No, it's part of their head. It's later, like, canonized. But it's not a like hat. It, you can't take it off, it's I don't a, think. It's bullshit. I don't like that. Well, because look at the turncoats. They're mushrooms also. Well, that's true. Yeah. Good point. So anyway, you run into a mushroom retainer who, in the first seven worlds, tells you, I'm sorry, Mario, but your princess... Is it another castle? Castle, yes. <laughs> but even that phrase, Quinn, is yeah. is kind of and they make T-shirts about it. And, yeah, I, re- yeah. I, I remember as a kid, it was frustrating when he would oh, say that. So much frest because I didn't, you know, believe it or not, when I was little, I didn't know how many levels there were, and I'm like, how many of these castles do I got to go? How many like, boards? You start by the third castle, you're like, what the hell? Where is she? Well, not only that, though, Michael, the enemy that you defeat in all of the castles, the first seven. Looks just like Bowser. It looks like King Koopa. Right, it looks like Bowser. Uh Uh-huh. And then when you defeat him, if you defeat him by firepower, you can see what he really was. For like a brief second. And it falls into the lava. 
The other way is to jump under or over him. Which is usually what I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And to hit the little... faster. The bridge release and the bridge goes... It is faster. But we find out that uh, the name of this uh, is actually known as Fake Bowser. Yes, Fake Bowser. I feel like they could have been more creative and just been like Doppelganger Bowser or like something like that. Yeah, but it's Fake Bowser. (laughs) Fake... It's like Fake Sting or something. (laughs) (laughs) Fake Shemp. In World 1, he was a little Goomba. Mm-hmm. World 2, it was a green Koopa Troopa as yeah. fake Bowser. So they're like supposed to be wearing a Bowser costume, yeah, basically. It's like like, a ba- <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. Buzz- it's just like all the regular enemies. Yes. <laughs> Buzzy Beetle was one in World yeah. 3. Spiny, uh, World 4. Lakitu. Bloober. See, even mm-hmm. Bloober getting some play. And Hammer Brother. Now, we got to go back to the enemies here. The thing we were talking about was the fortress, right? The right. castle. The castle. Excuse me. Yeah. And one of the most important enemies, of course, is the uh, Podobo, uh, which yeah. is the Lava I'm sure bubble. you love this one because this is obscure. Because I didn't even, like, when I'm playing, I don't even think of that as, like, a thing. Well, who like, would? It, like, it's just... It's, Why does it have a name? Well, I, I'm just thinking it's the lava, like, spurting up or yes, whatever. it's, it's called not Podobu. like an enemy. It's like, Podobu. Is it a living thing that a, lives in the lava and jumps up, or is it... It's a fireball guardian, Quinn. You just let what, it do what it... Excuse me? I'm not, it's, <laughs> we're not on Earth, yeah. remember? Oh, right. It's, Different rules. So Koopa actually has Bowser, yes, friends that live in the lava. I really don't know how he pulled all this yeah, off. Yeah, because it's a, this is a huge construction project, right? right? Like, he had the overhead for this. Who puts lava in a castle? Like, <laughs> like we think you of put that it outside. We the think castle? of that as normal in video games because of this game. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we expect it now in video games, but like that's a good. But this is the the source of the floor is lava. Before 1985, people were like, "What the like? <laughs> what is what this maniac like, here? Well, this is crazy." Like, lava right? in a castle. <laughs> What's lava in a castle? That's a great line. We got a uh, lava in the castle. What's up, lava? Couple more enemies here. There's spiny, which is uh, believe it or not, a spiny uh, thing. I don't know what it's it just is. So it's the spiky turtle guys. These guys are they're, annoying too. They're like snails with spikes. I think right. is what they're supposed to be. They're very annoying because you can't jump on them. Yeah, you kill just, them with fire. You, you just you can. can you? Yeah, I, I yes, actually in can. the first one can you? Yeah, you can they, kill them with fire. The okay. only thing you can't kill with fire are the beetles. Right, the beetles are like impervious to anything. Ringo included. Right, uh, and then Lakitu throws spiny eggs. I can't believe he gets spiny egg gets his own separate thing. <laughs> well, you hate anything related to Lakitu, apparently. He stinks. And then there's also the cannon. For those of you that want to know, apparently it sturges outside our window right yeah. now. Uh, the cannon. For those of you, that the turtle know, cannon, Joe. which <laughs> it it shoots bullet bills. It should be the bill cannon. They eventually renamed it to the bill blaster. Okay, better, so, much but, better. But we have to go with and the canonical. That is cannon, Joe. <laughs> I mean, just saying. That's very good, yeah. Gwen. Anyway, one of the other aspects of this game is that there is a two-player mode. Yes. Now, it is not cooperative in the sense that both characters are on screen at the same Which time. Which was always upsetting to any um, brother combination uh, or, 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 or friend. friend. your friend's over and you're like, I want to go. No, it's my turn. Right. And like it, it was one thing that they would add much later, like in um, New Super Mario, where you could like all be on the screen. Yeah. A much requested feature by Super Mario Brothers fans, right? right? Yeah. Here in 85, we're lucky we even get what we get. Right. You know, uh, we can't push it that much. So you get to play as Mario if you're player one, but if you select two-player mode, no matter what, whether you win or whether you lose a life, you will alternate each level with Luigi. Yes. So there you go. He makes his appearance again here. He, this this game, due to sprite color limitations, he's got white overalls with a green shirt. Yeah. He looks like Fire Mario with a green shirt. That's fine. But what's the fine. fire version of, lo- of him look like? The just, same as Mario. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, white and green. not even different. White, white yeah. and uh, red, yeah. So 
Luigi's here. Mario's here. We established all the enemies. So what happens if you finally get to World 8, the last world? You get through 8-1, which is pretty hard, and 8-2 is even harder. All of these are a pain in the butt. 8-3 is like, fuck you, because... It's a, it gets Bullet Bill crazy. Bullet Bill and... Ha Remember that's where there's a million Hammer Brothers? Yep, it's all the annoying people. Sometimes, I, I don't know if it's this... Spike, it's spinies everywhere. Yeah. Like, th this is the level where the where there's spinies, where the Hammer Brothers throw like all the hammers at you at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want nine all hammers? All the like, extra, like, yeah. it's not just one anymore. It's yeah, just, like, here's just like, a lot of them. <laughs> like, it's, it's so frustrating. But if you get it, if you get past it, you go to 8-4, which is... Another pain in the butt. A huge pain in the butt. A very difficult fortress. However, it is where you will defeat King Koopa himself. Bowser, King Bowser, of the Koopa. The real one. Every enemy makes an appearance here. We're talking the gray Goombas, because it's underground, yeah. so they're like gray. Yeah, they're in their costumes for this. <laughs> they're in their gray costumes. The, very, the super loyal uh, turncoats, the ones that get to hang out with, with King Koopa. Yeah, they get to wear gray. Yeah. There's a couple of a green Koopa power troopers. There's some beetles. There's 16 piranha plants. Come on, is that necessary? <laughs> There is one Hammer Brother just to piss you off. For, yeah. Like, once you finally get close to the end, oop, a Hammer Brother. Oh, by the way, infinite cheap cheeps. Yes, they like, just keep coming. Come on. Bloober. Even Bloober horny into how, how the did he, What is he even swimming in? There's no water. <laughs> it's a special Bloober. He can yeah. just hop out of the lava. That's one thing. Do you ever notice this with Bloober? Like, in, in this and later, it's like, sometimes they just throw him into stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, they're not even in the water. He's yeah, like, just, come he's, on now. He's just like, get out of here. A like, little too big for his yeah. bridge. Do Bloobers have britches? I mean, th that, mm -hmm. those would be like kind of pants with a lot of six like, legs or something, legs, right? Yeah, because yeah, he's a uh, sectopod, mm -hmm. isn't he? Anyway, uh, you want to guess how many fire bars there are? How many? Five. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. And uh, are they the big kind? Of course, they're the big kind. Yeah, they're all the big kind. Yeah, even a Podobu makes an appearance. Well, that would—that's like customary in, in these kind of. You in have the, to in the honor Podobu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give him a chance, right? <laughs> and finally, if you get there, only one in the whole place. That seems crazy, right? Well, he's been he's been here for all of them. The problem is there's 16 piranha plants. Yeah, they're just eating up all the memory or whatever, right? And the cheap jeeps. So this is this fortress is a giant pain in the ass. It really is, folks. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys remember it. By the way, I want to mention here there is a section that if you go into a pipe, there's a water section yeah. of the fortress, and that that too. Pain in the ball. Why don't sack. we just Why don't we just put that in there? <laughs> it just you off. You gotta get Bloober in. So wait, is that's where Bloober is? He's not in the. No, he's, he's in the fire part too because he flies wherever the fuck he wants. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe Bloober is in the water section. But either way, good, good. Okay, contain him. <laughs> contain the. Blooper. Whenever they put him in non-water crap, I would always get upset because I'm like, you don't belong here. Like a fish out of water. Yeah, he he's he's the fish out of water. That's now, right. not Mario. Fucking seriously. Anyway. The ending here is very frustrating because you have to hop over two piranhas, and as you hop over that second one, there is a friggin' Hammer Brother right there waiting like, for you. Like, he's like the last line of defense yes. to, to Koopa. And even if you do hop over him or get under him, there's a there's the Padoba. He's in such a shitty spot. Yes. By the way, like, the, the, the Padoba yeah. just sitting there right behind him. And then there's Koopa himself. Now, does he... He I throws hammers. To, yeah, he throws hammers. That's what and it is. And spits fire. But doesn't he spit more than, like... He spits fire much faster or yeah, something. Yeah, he jumps faster. He's so annoying. Yeah, he, he. it's not as easy just to get over him. No. Right? But if you do, or if you have firepower, you can just kill him with it. He, it does work. It does work. You will not have to run into a mushroom retainer this time. No mushroom retainer. You finally capture the princess. And then you get to hear the glorious music. Yeah. <laughs> 
this game is interesting in that there's a hard mode that they call it that comes up afterwards mm-hmm. if you if you replay it. Second journey or whatever. And the levels are exactly the same. However, uh, some of the enemies are different. All of the Goombas are replaced by Beatles, which Thanks. is extremely annoying. <laughs> but you got to, again, resourcefulness. Okay, so they beat the game once. Well, let's see if they can do it now with this. I, yeah. You got to give them yeah, that. This feels always to me like a Japanese thing because like what we would learn with the Super Mario Brothers 2 is like the hard mode is like just nutty. Yeah. Like it's just and it's like that that's what some of the, the people who buy this game are here for. Correct. Right? Like they're here for that. For hard mode. They're like well where's the hard mode? I right? want the most challenging shit you yeah. can throw at me. Probably the same people that eat like the hottest wings you can eat. Yes. And hard you know, mode. I think it's good you know this is a good time to mention that. Yes Michael. Is that this game has a feature that allows you to say if you want to do the hard mode faster there's warp places you can go this is where you're introduced to the concept of warps right uh, which hadn't existed in mario obviously it's the first mario game there also wasn't multiple levels <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's what i mean this is a much more vast game than so, it seems on so its Joe, surface what yes. are these warps like i, I okay. was saying so like if you want to play the hard mode faster but like why would that work well what you do is you can basically skip to other skip several levels ahead and they're always in the underground levels they're in the underground levels there and then basically what you do is you have to know where they are which sometimes happens by happenstance or when the manual or tricks and things came out th- yeah. third party books yeah. came out there about was it. A, there was a route where you could get there like to the last level like super fast it was intuitive yeah, yeah. so you could skip from one two to four right so you then, go halfway through the game there and then there what is there from one four, more two to eight okay so so basically you, you only have to play like a, a quarter of the game yeah pretty much obviously done that before mm-hmm. and it's fun this game though we've talked all about it we know it did well, but here's how it did. Let's talk about the release, okay? Okay. In Japan, September of 85, and on the brand new Nintendo Entertainment System on October 18th, 1985. Was that on launch day? New York launch day. You yeah. Know, not for Nationwide. It came out in October of 85. This game did so well. It is credited with pulling fully pulling Nintendo and the US out of the video game crash. Yeah, I mean... Like, this, a, the full recovery. This game was... Very popular. Extremely. Hugely successful. Not just commercially, but critically as well. Right. Like, people didn't have really a bad word to say about the game. Yeah, video game critics were in their infancy. That's a fair point. It's a very new thing back then. I mean, they've been around since, what, the Atari days? Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like today where you go to Metacritic and there's like a (laughs) hundred reviews for like any game that comes out. That's fair. This obviously was a huge game, like we keep saying. In Japan... Within four months of release, so that's mm-hmm. like early 86, about three million copies were already sold. And as far as dollar amounts, the equivalent of $196 million in 2023. Wow. And Insane how many copies? Insane three million. That's very good for the 80s. Extremely good for the 80s. Because, I mean, nowadays, even breaking a million is great. Right. You know, some games sell like 50 million copies or yeah. something. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> but back then... Three million is huge. Yes, right? within a four-month span, Michael. I know a thing or two about games, and just to put that in perspective, um, Final Fantasy, the new one that came out like as of press time of this recording, yeah, that sold three million in a week. But this is eighty-five, right? Yeah, like this is eighty, <laughs> and that's considered small that they got three million. Okay, in a week, not small, but you know, not all time. Like, yeah, like not an all-time great or anything. But within four months in Japan, yeah, three million. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. crazy. In the U.S., it was obviously huge. It boosted the sales of the NES. It did so for the Famicom in Japan. 
more than 40 million copies of the actual NES cartridge in some way, shape, or form were sold worldwide by 1994. Yes, a lot of that years. had to do with the packing, though, right? Yes. So, like, every Nintendo basically had this game yes, so in it, some form or fashion. The packing uh, that most people are familiar with began in 1988, where it was bundled with Duck Hunt. Yes. And that's the one that I had. Mm-hmm. Many people had those Duck Hunt Mario cartridges. Now, isn't there, a, like, a later one where it's, like, Super Mario... or? regular Mario Bros, Duck Hunt, and this? Or, like, I'm thinking of some other combination. I had one also that was Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and World Class Track Meet. Cause yeah, I've seen that pad. one, too. There, that there's one. all sorts of, like, weird, like, later on, it's three games. Yes. But the most common one is Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. Yes, that's right? the one that I grew up on. Right. And I've played the regular cartridges. I happened to get my hands on one of them in the 90s. I don't even think I owned a, like, I standalone one. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, like, I had one. Yeah. I had several because they would stop working and shit, you know. Yeah. And, I'm talking about the ni- later 90s. But right. anyway, there are a couple of variations here, which we need to cover now. Not in the next episode, because mm-hmm. they're part of the Super Mario variations. Right. There was the 1986 release versus Super Mario Brothers for the, the arcade. arcades, yes. So this was like a two-player situation, right? Competitive, you know, ramping up the stakes. But I, I do want to mention, it is not the exact same game. Now, isn't it more difficult? Because, yes. first of all, arcades, we want to take your money. Uh, please, <laughs> please put in as many coins as possible. Yes, that's one of the things is... <laughs> of course. Please spend as much money as possible. It has some graphical updates, but more importantly, like Quinn said, it's harder. Yeah. It is much harder. That's what the arcade was all about back then, right? It's going to be, you know, shoot them up and like it's stuff that you die a lot yep. so that you can <laughs> put the coins in. It's not all the same levels as the first game, but it uses many of them. Mm-hmm. That's all we're trying to say. It's not all of them. It uses some new levels. Uh, by the way, I love this day and age where um, the technology was limited and so like they would do things like this. Like, what if we just like modify everything a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, I, I just love that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So that was one. There was also a very uh, poorly regarded game that I have played known as Super Mario Brothers Special. And this is in Japan only. And it was released by Hudson. And it was for one of their NEC computers. And it is basically (sighs) somewhat of a port yeah. Of Super Mario Brothers, uh, the graphics this look was, worse. This is never, this never worked out. No, like the, these, I mean, people were trying to copy Super Mario Brothers on PC. That's how we got um, the Great Gianna Sisters, which is just like, <sighs> an, like a PC, like, yes. and the scrolling's bad or whatever, yes. like because it's like the, the PC couldn't do scrolling forever. Bad. It was on something that I was able to play it on in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Maybe it was a hacked version. It's Mario 1 with some changes, some graphical changes. There's also a wing, which allows you to fly. So that's the extra special feature on this. Yeah. And you can get the hammer, And too. you can get a hammer. And the wing is really like, it uses the swimming animation. But now in Mario history or whatever, this, this is... Count. This, no, I just mean <laughs> to say is like, this was licensed? Like, this is official? Yes. It it's just, not a bootleg. Wow. That's interesting. I'm not weird. Well, it's because, again, we're in the... It's like the Wild West, man. Believe it or not, and I do know this, that PC-88 was pretty big in Japan. Yeah. Like, this was, like, was. worth their while it to, like, get a, a version on there because PC's not really their, what they're competing with. So, like, well, what if we get the, you know, the computer audience? And, yeah. And, you they, know, and there was all sorts of computers back then in it, Japan. But, it was worth a shot. Right, I mean, yeah. I definitely get it. There's also one for the Famicom disk system, which was the disk add-on for the Famicom in Japan right. only. 
known as All Night Nippon Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, this one, I love the name of this, like, so a the, lot. <laughs> there was a Japanese show known as All Night Nippon, yeah. which is a uh, radio show. This, I also played via emulation. It's weird because it has a... Uh, it's basically Super Mario 1, but the sky, it's always black because it's well, night. It's night. It's all night Nihon. It's all night, Joe. There's no day in this. It's Super Mario Brothers after dark. After dark. Yeah. There's also like a character from the show is in it <laughs> instead of a Goomba or something yeah. like that. If you've never played it, folks, or at least never seen it, look it up, okay? It's, it is yeah. very funny. Get a ROM. Maybe. Get a ROM of it. Try yeah. well, yeah. Allegedly, get Alleg- a ROM. I don't know. Like, I've where never that, done that before. That, what that is, but... Uh, but try it out. And, th- and there's probably a few others. This was December of 86. There's probably a few other spinoffs and derivatives. We will obviously be talking about the sequel in our next episode. Right. Let's talk, Quinn, again, to wrap it up here, to bring it home. The legacy of this game, I mean, in your opinion, if you had to sum up what made or what makes Super Mario Brothers such a classic game, what would you say? It's like a tour de force of good video game things. Controls, level design, secrets, just the right amount of difficulty. It's very engrossing. It's very engaging. There's a lot to wrap your head around, whether it be like I was saying with the coins or the power-ups, and it just engages you enough, but it's also not complicated. It's, it's kind of a perfect balance. It's like a tightrope act, because a lot of people with video games, they get confused or whatever, but a lot of people... This might be the most complcomplicated game that a lot of casual people understood. Great it's, phrase. It's, it's complicated, but it's also like... It's not. It's simple. It's, simple. it's, it's perfect. And it, it's also like it comes out at that time when games were going to start to get more complicated. Sure. It's the right place at the right time in a lot of ways, too. Like, it's just the right of everything. I just, I always felt like this game is such a happy medium. I think that's a great way to look at it. It's definitely great for beginners, but even expert Mario players have fun, I think, playing it for the even thousandth time. Even experts still die on it. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's not, it's not a cakewalk, but at the same time, it's like, it is to an, an extent, of I course, guess. Right. Yeah. It obviously uh, was the subject of so many ROM hacks, both in the 90s and to this day. It's inspired speed running, people trying to speed beat it running. as fast as they can. Super Mario Maker. Yeah, Super Mario Maker. I mean, I mean, there's so many like things that like come out of this, and there's still a community around the original. Like people still play it to right. this day. It's still a hobbyist game. Right. There wouldn't have been. Many of the side-scrollers that were great if it wasn't for the success of this one. Sonic, for example. Sonic Mm -hmm. was the answer to the Mario Brothers series. Yeah, and and to a certain... Like I said, Castlevania, Mega Man, all that stuff. It's all just... It's not the same thing, but no. it's it's born of the same concept of a side-scrolling game, like yes. a side-scrolling platformer game with a goal, with, with a, a you know an end goal, yeah, with an end goal. Uh, the with mus- multiple levels. Great point. With multiple levels and various stages, some of those different terrain secrets, secrets, things like that. Yeah. yeah, the legacy of this game is great. Again, when you compare it to 1985, it was revolutionary. But even looking back at it now, it really does hold up as a playable game. Yeah, and and its influence even in its own time. It was like everything wanted to be like this, right? To me, like, this game was like the de facto, like, this is a video game. Back in the day, when, yeah. when we were in the mania of it all. Once we were got removed from the Atari era, you yeah. know, where Space Invaders was the a video era game. era was dominated by platformers. Yeah, right? and it was, co- yes, and it was 100%, you know, uh, exemplified by Mario, Super Mario it Brothers. It was the one that kind of kicked it off and everyone wanted to be it. 
Like, right. everything wanted to be like it. When anyone was developing a new emulator for, in the emulation scene, the first game anyone would try is Super Mario Brothers, just to see how it plays. Right. Is, see it, how is the, it accurate? Right. <laughs> you know? You know, you can get you were able to get it, Nintendo themselves put it on Wii and all these other things down the road. The original, I'm saying. Yeah, and, and we can't fail to mention also, like, this was packaged later as Super Mario Brothers All-Stars a generation later yes. with new graphics and stuff, right? And I still, mean, it's been remade. Yeah, it was remade by Nintendo One themselves. Of the first remakes, right? Yeah. The music, obviously, is still incredible. Yeah. yeah. Classic. The overall presentation, the graphics. I mean, God, all of it is just iconic. It made a, a star. It helped make a star of Mario. Opened up licensing and merchandising, which we will get into as we continue this it series. It took Nintendo to the mainstream, if you ask me. It I was mean, their like, killer app. It was that. That was the game. Nobody wanted any other system when, right. after this came out, right? And like all, like all the games migrated to NES. Like everything, like you know, Konami, Capcom. You know, yeah. all of them were all the designers. They, oh, they were all like, "Oh, this is the place to be now, right?" In many ways, this is a hokey analogy. If this is the the wrestling equivalent, this is WrestleMania and Mario is Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, no it's, doubt about just it. Just to right? give a quick comparison, right? Yeah, but like I mean, something like that, yeah. Or it's this is Thriller and Mario is Michael Jackson. I'm yeah. just trying to just throw popular, popular, popular things out there mm-hmm. from the '80s. You know, yeah, it was a big deal, and folks. There is so much more meat on this bone, and we are. This is only part one. This is only part one. We will be going through many, many more Mario games as we go on here on Acid Wash Memories. We want to hear your thoughts on the first Mario game. When did you first play it? Are you one of the few that played it back in 85 or 86? Did you have a Nintendo when it came out? Did you play it many years later, maybe in the mid-90s because you you're younger? Have you played All-Star? Have you played All-Stars? Do you have a favorite variation? Some people even probably played the Game Boy variant of this. Oh, yeah, good point. Not some Mario, Yeah, DX, DX or whatever, yeah. Pretty good. Let us know your thoughts on Mario. Why was it so popular? Maybe you don't like it, which I'd be surprised. At least give it the props, right? Even if you don't like it. It's the granddaddy of platformers. It was very important. And we're going to talk more about that granddaddy and many other things some other time. But next week, of course, we will be back for something completely different. And you will like it. Don't worry. Until that time, thank you guys so much for being with us here on Acid Wash Memories. We really and truly do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our Facebook group. Until next week for something else, I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and your princess is in another castle. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. We'll be right back.